Well, greetings in the name of Jesus. This is Bishop Harry Wood with Foundational Faith. And we're coming to you today with episode two of the Gospel of John. I hope that you've had the opportunity to tune in and hear the first podcast in this series of the Gospel of John. We're going to be doing some more uh, teaching today on the Gospel of John. We're going to take just a few minutes and we're going to just bring some details about the Gospel of John. And later in some of our episodes, we'll be actually going more into some of the passages of scriptures. But today we want to talk about the date of John, when it was written, and some testimony of his him being the writer. And so doing so today, uh, as you now probably uh, have listened to the first episode, I hope you received something out of that. Now going into the second episode, we want to give you more information about the Gospel of John. This is a wonderful book written by the Apostle himself, uh, the Lord's Apostle, uh, the Apostle John. We want to think in the realms of the Gospel of John being written somewhere about A.D. 85 through 90. Now recall that the Apostle John wrote five books of our New Testament. He wrote the Gospel of John, and he wrote 1st and 2nd and 3rd John, and he also wrote the uh, book of Revelation. And uh, so we understand the lifetime of John and him being the youngest of the disciples or the apostles that he very well could have been living uh, to the close of the first century, maybe going into the second century. But there again, a date set for this gospel being written would have been somewhere between 85 and 90 is believed. Also, that definitely gives us the understanding that it was written after the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70. And that was even predicted by the Lord himself that no stone would be left upon itself. And then, of course, we know that the Romans through uh, Titus, that um, that the uh, temple was destroyed in Jerusalem in A.D. 70. Then we find uh, that more than likely this was written before John was exi- uh, was exiled to the land, uh, to the Isle of Patmos. We do know that John wrote the Book of Revelation, or the Book of Revelation was given to him, uh, the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, there, the, God, the the writing of, of the Book of Revelation to him while he was on the Isle of Patmos. But with the dating said here. It is more than likely that definitely John wrote this gospel, uh, the fourth gospel, and that of a time frame that would have been before he was exiled on the Isle of Patmos. Now, the place of the writing of the gospel of John is believed to be definitely in the later years of ministry, and it would have been while he was in Ephesus because John was a elder in Ephesus. There is some argument, and we won't go into a lot of detail, but I believe with some of the things that we'll state here, I believe gives credence evidence, but yet as a student uh, gives you the opportunity to think on this. That's what we want to do with foundational faith. We want to give you foundational truths, but we also want to open the mind and your heart that you will uh, remain a student of the Bible and the Word of God and spiritual principles Uh, You'll remain that or you will uh, be intensified to become a greater student and study things. Uh, 
We, we uh, do believe that there is an argument that the gospel may have been written in the first half of the second century. I don't take to that. I, I believe that it would have been before the end of the first century and uh, uh, first century. Uh, so then we do have that there has been uh, evidence of some fragments of the gospel of John that date back to the first half of the second century requires the writing of the gospel within the time of the first century and this would have been in Egypt there's been fragments and so we know that it would have been had to have been written earlier and then of course uh, being passed along uh, that it uh, fragments of it ended up in Egypt uh, there in the first half of that of the second century so it would have had to be definitely written previous. Then we have testimony uh, of that of some of our church fathers, and I'm just going to mention about three here uh, before we uh, go too far in uh, where we're going today. We're going to begin to make some of these sessions a little shorter than the first one that we did because of an introductory, and that way you, we can space these out maybe a little closer for you and give you the opportunity to listen. And if you need to, you can listen back over again because we want you to uh, learn from these and, and, and to be encouraged to study. So our early church fathers, there's three that we want to mention. We want to mention Polycarp, and we want to mention Arrhenius, and we want to mention Clement of Alexandria. And first of all, we uh, want to mention that uh, uh, Polycarp would have lived somewhere between 70 and 160 AD. Now this gives us a, uh, this gives us an understanding of a relationship with the Apostle John being one of the younger of the disciples and living uh, believed to be the longest living of any of, of the original apostles of the Lamb. And uh, so uh, with that, it's believed that Polycarp, one of our church fathers, would have been a disciple himself or a student of the Apostle John. So he would have had evidence himself of John being the writer of this gospel. Then second of all, we have Clement of Alexandria that would have lived between 150 and 215 A.D., and uh, he has written uh, that John, or that he is aware of the facts set forth uh, in uh, the other Gospels and being moved by the Holy Spirit, that he would have composed this, this Gospel. And uh, so we, we see that, um, uh, I'm sorry, I think I read into my notes here. Let me go back. Let's, let's, let's make sure we're speaking of Arrhenius. I believe I may have read about Clement of Alexandria just a little bit. I think I, my eyes moved down. And uh, we got bifocals now. <laughs> and so we got to keep those bifocals focused. Uh, Arrhenius, let's go back to him. He testifies on the authority of Polycarp, Polycarp, knowing that the Apostle John was the writer. So actually, uh, Arrhenius, he testifies upon the testimony of Polycarp that he, John, the apostle was the writer. Now let's move to Clement of Alexandria, which would have lived between 150 and 215 AD. Uh, he himself wrote, Clement of Alexandria, wrote that John, aware of the facts set forth in the other Gospels and being moved by the Holy Spirit, composed 
uh, this spiritual gospel. So um, we have three uh, fathers of early church history that gives us, I believe, some credence of the fact that John the Apostle, the disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, would have definitely been the writer. And I believe gives us an understanding of the very well possibilities that this writing would have been in the first century, in the first century. Now, I want to just run through a few things without going into, we're not going to really be uh, going into a scriptural point today of any uh, depth, but we want again to give you some interesting points about the Gospel of John. But I do want to read one scripture, and if you remember from our last uh, podcast, that we mentioned that the 18th verses of the first chapter are very important. They're a prelude of what the gospel is about. And and I believe it would it would serve us correctly to at least have a scriptural base today that we're going to think from. And I think it'll help us with some of the, the, the points that I'm going to give here. I'm going to give out some interesting points about this gospel without going into just scriptures overall. But let's look at the passage of Scripture, John 1.1, if you can get to your Bible. If not, uh, uh, if you've got uh, some uh, technology there, or if you're driving or working and can't, later you can go back to the Scriptures. But in John 1.1, we find in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from John, whose name was, uh, there was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, this is verse number 11, He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even unto them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the Father, or will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We'll get that in there right, but but we were born of God but born of God. And verse number 14, it's where I'm going to stop. Uh, It says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now that's 14 verses of the 18 of the prelude of the Gospel of John. Now, we want to give you some interesting points, and you may want to note these if you're keeping up with this study. Um, The first thing that I think that's interesting about the Gospel of John in reference to even the prelude and some things that are mentioned there that we won't take the time other than the fact that we will say this, that Jesus himself, the Son of God, is eternal. And uh, we'll make comment about that more in some more episodes. But first of all, with the thought of John 1, uh, 14, Jesus coming in the flesh, we need to remember that we have two Gospels that explicitly tell us about the birth of Jesus through the lineage of Joseph and the lineage of Mary, all the way uh, back, uh, the lineage. And so we see in John's writing, there's no genealogical 
uh, recording. Uh, but what we do find the importance is of the very fact that he pre-existed. He pre-existed before Bethlehem, and we'll we'll talk about that more. Now, uh, there's there's uh, Jesus's legal lineage. Uh, through Joseph as given by Matthew's gospel, nor his personal descent through Mary as given by Luke. So that, that follows up with the fact that John himself does not give any lineage other than everywhere through the gospel. It expounds on him being the son of God. All right, let's move on. Uh, another point that we see that's interesting is there's no account of his birth because he was in the beginning, and we mentioned that, that he was with God and he is God and he is the Word. Uh, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. So he preexisted before he came uh, to uh, Bethlehem birth. And then in the Gospel of John, we don't find anything about his boyhood. Some of the other Gospels do record uh, the incidents about when he was 12 years of age. And then, of course, we, we find um, this passage of Scripture, how that there's nothing. Oh, it? All right. Uh, I apologize that uh, we had an interruption that I forgot to set my. Uh, equipment to where we would not have a telephone call, so I apologize for that. Let's go back. We were talking about there's nothing about his boyhood, and then there's nothing about the temptations. Uh, Jesus, rather, is presented as Christ the Lord, not the one tempted in all points, just as we are. Now, that doesn't say that he wasn't, but we, we see the difference uh, of, of the gospel writers, which doesn't cause a conflict. It just shows the way that they reported things and they were witnesses. There's no record of his transfiguration. Uh, there's no appointing of, of his disciples. We do know that he called them there at the beginning in John chapter 1. There was those that he told to follow him. And at the end of his gospel, we see that he told them to follow him. Uh, there's no appointing of his disciples. There's no parables in, the, in John's writings. There's no account of his ascension. There's no great commission. Now, there is no great commission as we see in John and Matthew, excuse me, in, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, the closing passages of Scripture there in those three Gospels, the Synoptics. But we do understand that Jesus does give the wordage of those sins that we remit and those that we hold. We understand that we have a responsibility to share and be a witness of the Gospel message. So uh, we, we go on and we see that he is, a, he is called and identified throughout this Gospel as the Word. Then he's, he's identified as the creator. He's also identified as the only begotten of the Father. And we mentioned that in our first episode some, how important that word begotten is. Then we find that he's the Lamb of God. That is a major theme through the Gospel of John because it gives us the identity of why he came. Why he came. And then lastly, what we want to deal with today is the revelation, or we could say the revelations of the great I am. And of course, we see that identity in Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 14, where that Jesus himself, I believe, shows up at that of the burning bush and identifies to Moses, and we find those find that he is called the I am. And we will talk about the I am's of Christ 
in the Gospel of John at a later time. We're going to close today, and I hope that you've received something. Again, I apologize for the interruption, uh, and uh, we do want to encourage you to to continue to stay with us with these podcasts as we continue the study of the Gospel of John. This is Bishop Harry Wood. We want to encourage you again that you check us out on Facebook with Foundational Faith. We have a group. We have a page. Also, you can reach us at Pastor Harry 8700 at yahoo.com. Tell a friend if you're not subscribed to the podcast so you'll know when the next one uh, subscribe. Tell a friend. Send this podcast to someone else, and I believe they'll thoroughly be enjoyed. We look forward to uh, we look forward to being with you again very, very soon. God bless you.